You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Snippets of Genius podcast. I'm your hostess, Caroline Kay, business and success coach. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Victoria Sardane. She's a corporate wellness consultant and self-mastery life coach. And in this episode, she takes us behind the scenes of her entrepreneurial journey. We learn how she unlocked opportunities straight off the bat through the power of self-belief and self-confidence. Truly, listeners, I've never heard anything quite like it. It's a really exciting journey and one I can't wait to share with you. So let's jump in and get to know her a little better. Tell us something people often get wrong about you. That I just spring out of bed in the morning and that things are easier for me somehow, which is not true at all. And and there are the days where they're not. And I think it's really about understanding yourself, knowing yourself. That's the work that I've done. And it's the work that I have my clients on as well. Yeah. And so that work is about having that toolbox, right? Of things you can pick into when you're having that shit day and go, okay, <laughs> I'm going to need that to help me get my mojo back, or I'm going to be able to Completely. do it this way. Yeah. Completely. And even, I mean, one a phrase that I love is curiosity over culpability. So if something doesn't work out for you, if you miss your alarm, if you didn't do your morning routine, if you went to bed later than planned, instead of feeling bad about it, instead of feeling, you know, beating yourself up about it, really saying, okay, well, how come? Like, that's weird. You know, I had this whole morning routine um, planned out. I was looking forward to it. Everything was, should have been good in theory and it didn't work out. So how come? Maybe there's something there. Maybe am I feeling more tired this week? Why could that be? You know, so really just taking curiosity as a base and using every experience to learn from. That's a great one. Tell us what's one thing you wish you'd done sooner? I had a kind of fixed consulting role, which I wasn't, I guess, too excited about, but it was about two days a week and it was my only quote unquote fixed income that I could count on at the end of the month. And for about a year, I held on to it when I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And I kept asking everyone around me for advice, trying to get someone to tell me, you're right, you should quit. And no one was telling me that. It was like, no one was telling me what I wanted to hear. (laughs) So I held on to it, frustrated, until I finally realized, you know what? I know what I want to hear. If no one's telling it to me, then it means, you know, I just need to tell it to myself and accept that if I've been thinking about this for a year, then I just need to do it. And I did that in January, which was great, but I probably should have done it sooner because I knew. Yeah. And what's the feeling now after you've released that fixed? Oh, great. It was freedom, freedom. (laughs) I can really resonate with this conversation. We'll talk about that another time. And what's the best part of your job? I think it's being able to choose my impact. Uh, This is probably one of the biggest things that if clients do come to me because they're unsatisfied in their job with, which a lot of them do, it's because they feel like they're working and they don't know for what. 
you know, and I see such a clear impact. I can see and talk to my clients between session one and session five, and they're different people, you know, even in just a few weeks. So I think that's it is choosing what impact I want to have and having a genuine impact, which is tangible. And then also making my own schedule, because as I said, I'm really independent. I like doing what I want to do in my time and no one tells me what to do. It's amazing. Oh, I hear you. Definitely. And tell us, what's the biggest lesson in running your own business? I think it's knowing that no one else knows what the hell they're doing either. And I think that's (laughs) something that stands in the way of people who start their own business. They think, well, who am I? And you know, everyone else knows better. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to start a business. I don't know the admin. It's like, no one else does. Everyone's just winging it. Literally, everyone is winging it, which is shocking when you think that like people who are running our countries are probably also winging it to some extent, because like, (laughs) everyone's just trying to make do with with what they have and the knowledge that they have. And, and you winging it is just as good as anybody else. Love that answer. Brilliant. Get involved, guys, and just wing it. Absolutely. And so tell us, what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? I think the first personal development book I ever read was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is, you know, just a big classic. But that one really got me started. And I always think it's a really good way to start. So that's definitely a good one. Uh, Getting Things Done and more or less everything with Brendan Burchard and and Jordan Peterson. Okay, fantastic. Links to all of those will be involved at the end of the show. How did you find your first client? Can you go back to that story? Yeah, well, actually, I was still working in fitness at the time. And I was a spinning instructor, actually. And then in the change room, there's a girl that I knew distantly, who basically told me I want to do life coaching with you. And I told her, well, I'm, I'm not a life coach. <laughs> I said, you know, I, I, I do, you know, personal training, so I can maybe help you there. But otherwise, I'm interested in life coaching, but I'm not actually a life coach yet. And she said, I don't care. Um, I'd like to do it with you anyways. Amazing. So wow. yeah, that was, that was great. I was like, okay, well, I'll give you a really good deal. And, you know, made her pay really peanuts. Yeah, and sure. I kind of used it as my own testing ground. So I think that's, I mean, that I guess would be my first client. And then once I was really certified, I, I was lucky enough that for a few years, I've really been building up my platform and had my own online blog and things, you know, for maybe six years and was able to finally actually have something to offer them rather than just posting randomly. And in a way, I always think that I didn't actually know why I felt like I wanted to have a blog. I didn't know why I felt like I wanted to create a community. And my brother commented this to me um, a few months ago, actually. He said, you've been setting yourself up for this for six years without knowing what you were setting yourself up for and when I realized that it was like oh my gosh that's so true that's just it's just what I've been doing I've been building this not knowing why and finally I know why you know so all the pieces kind of came together (laughs) oh my god I've not heard this sort of strategy before but it's brilliant (laughs) I love this just doing what you love doing it because you feel you have a calling to do it and not worrying about where it's going to end up but actually when you join all the bits together it's like yeah everything I've done up to this point has helped me to get to where I want to be amazing okay let's dig deeper I'd love to know a little bit about the learning curve that you've been on to sort of understand the world of self-mastery which is your specialism and if you haven't checked out Victoria's blog I'm going to put and her podcast I'm going to put links at the end of the show so you can dig into this because you have some amazing guests and absolutely the goldmine of tips that you give on your podcast, I have to say hats off. I absolutely, I'm a little bit addicted. <laughs> I'm now one of your big fans. I've been listening a lot. But tell me that, how did you go on your learning journey yourself to get to this place? 
So I, as I said, I started in the world of fitness, started diving deeper into personal development, realized that personal development was actually more what I was interested in. I was dealing with, you know, lots of hormonal issues and things like that, and really was able to uncover those through the work of self-development and actually understanding myself. And then finally, through the work I was doing, I realized actually there's so much here I can share. I have a bit two paths to my business. So one side is really around coaching and I do one-on-one coaching, group coaching all around self-mastery. And I also do wellness consultancy. So that's mostly focused on hospitality businesses, helping with the development of wellness products and services. So I have a bit of these kind of two avenues, both of which I love and both very much related to wellness in their own way. Fabulous. So tell us a bit about these consulting workshops. What do they involve? So it's really about helping, you know, companies these days know that it's more than just what's happening in the office. They know that their employees' well-being, how they feel, how their habits are, how they live, you know, their their health, all of those things inf- impact their well-being at work. So it's really about not only developing kind of a wellness offering for the employees, but really being able to kind of create this link between an employee's personal well-being and their personal life and how that links up at work and how can an employer actually help their employees feel better in all aspects of their life. Oh, okay. This is really interesting. And I wasn't expecting the conversation to go this way, but I'm so fascinated. So when you offer this consultancy, do you sort of go in as an extension of the HR team or how are you involved with them? Yeah, a little bit. Um, in terms of it also, it's also helping around creating services. So creating services, whether that be actually developing a corporate wellness offering, but even then, since it's based on hospitality, offering wellness propositions for the guests as well. Oh, wow. So both. Okay. Yeah. And understanding that if a hospitality institution really wants to have a greater wellness offering to their guests, it makes sense to have it internally as well because a team will only be able to sell wellness if they themselves are living and breathing it. So it's really actually quite an interesting combination between, yes, we can, you know, create a wellness retreat for the guests of a hotel or a spa or whatever it is. However, if the actual people who are working behind the desk are not also growing and developing and finding their own wellness practices, then there's a big disconnect there. Oh, right. Well, it makes sense. Definitely you have to live and breathe the brand. And if you're in a wellness business, they need to be able to do that. So I'm so intrigued. How did you get started working with corporates in this in this way? So actually, I first graduated from my studies and the school I went to is quite small and it's very much known for its alumni and and connections that you breathe through it. And when I was in university at the end, instead of doing a thesis, what we do is a business project where you have a client. So I had a very upscale uh, spa as a client and was working with them while I was still a student. And when I graduated, I actually reached out to them immediately and said, um, I have now launched my own business. I'm now a consultant and I would like to meet with you for a proposition. And somehow the CEO accepted and I just got the gig, which was just kind of very classic Uh, fake it till you make it. If you pretend to be extremely confident, then people will just probably believe in you. (laughs) (laughs) I think 
like you were extremely confident. Pick up that phone and go, yeah, ready. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> I didn't even offer them. I said, I have three options. Options A, B, or C. Which one would you like? You know, it was really just, here's what we're doing. <laughs> I love that. Definitely clients feed off that confident energy of, great, okay, she's got something for me. This is something that we need to sit up and listen to. So massive respect for this. I think that's a fantastic story. I was going to ask you, what's the ballsiest thing you've ever done in business? Would that be it? Or is there another story? I think story? so. <laughs> I really think so. And especially I was on the train over there thinking, I don't actually know what I'm offering these guys. And just was doing all this kind of mindset work of when you feel like an imposter, you know, dig deep into what you can offer. What is the thing that makes me feel, feel most like an imposter, which to me was, you know, my lack of experience in my age. I was 23 or 22 at the time. And I really, you know, did the shift to be like, that needs to be my selling point. That needs to be where I can offer the most is the fact that I'm young. I'm right out of school. I have ideas. I have passion. I know the industry in the, you know, in in the, the modern day way that it is. And that's what I can bring. And that needs to be part of my offering. Oh, I love that. That is just nailing your proposition early on. (laughs) What a wonderful story. And so tell me, what is self-mastery to you? If you had to fill in the blank for me. Self-mastery to me is really about learning to work with yourself instead of against yourself. And I think that when we think about self-mastery, we think about a very kind of hard approach of, you know, you need to master and it's kind of, I guess, very like masculine energy or very dominant or forceful, the way that I really see it, it's about knowing yourself so deeply, so intimately that you understand why you do the things that you do. You understand your habits. You understand why you may be self-sabotage. You understand your natural tendencies so that you can actually naturally and organically work with yourself in order to reach your goals, to reach your highest aspirations and to be the kind of person that you want to be. Okay. So definitely the digging deep and big pulling back the layers to know who you are, what you do and your purpose in this world. And I think what's really interesting for me is we've talked a little bit about the corporate side of your world, but getting into the life coaching side, what what about developing your proposition as a life coach? How did you sort of nail down your niche and find out who you are and where you sit and your purpose in the coaching world? I think it was really from, I mean, first of all, a bit, you know, trial and error in the way that it (laughs) went in developing who I was going to be as a coach the training that I did for life coaching was very soft, I would say, as in, you know, very soft approach. I like things that are a little bit more, you know, pushing people's (laughs) buttons and encouraging them to look at things in a different way and kind of a very no BS approach. So it took me a while to really find my voice and who I wanted to be as a coach. So I think that really came from mostly experience rather than anything else. I think that I've gotten a lot of questions of, you know, how do you Like what course do you take? And in the end, I think that you can take every course in the world, but until you really get your foot in the market and actually trial and test and see what works with people and see what resonates with people, you won't really know what it is that you yourself are good at. So I think that was part of it. And I think then my personal story in terms of the kind of growth that I went through is really what led me to be able to find my my clientele, really. I think it's so... I'm incredible that you've gone on this deep, deep journey. And I think it's so important as well for anyone wanting to work with a coach that you go with somebody that has trodden the path, you know, found out about themselves, know what works, what doesn't so that they can guide you. And anyone that says, I've mastered it. I am the expert. I mean, 
I don't I think I think I even heard it on another podcast that's just they're just full of crap because everybody is just continually improving and developing and learning but if you can have someone that is got to a really good place has done a lot of the work then absolutely they're going to help you get there faster do you do you agree with that completely completely and especially what you said about you know the work is never over it's continuous because you can work on yourself for example understanding your values and and what drives you but in a different phase of your life those things change and you change and the more you uncover things and understand yourself maybe you understand why you do certain things um and then that forces you to change and as you're changing as a person then all those other parts that you've understood about yourself change so it's actually just this continuous growth which is amazing and i think you're totally right in saying that that's really important in a coach as somebody who is doing their own personal work. And it's amazing now. Sometimes I think about it. It's like me going on a walk, listening to self-development podcasts for myself, but also to be able to recommend them to my clients. Like that's my job. Like that is the (laughs) coolest thing in the world. What have you found most shocking in your work so far? I think the most shocking is when my clients realize, and I, a lot of the time managed to bring them to this place where they realized that actually they were seeking for external answers and all the answers were in them. And I think that a lot of my clients will come to me saying, you know, the problem is my boss. The problem is my job. The problem is where I live. The problem is my relationship. And they see the problem as external. And we manage to get them to a place where they see things differently. So the problem is no longer outside of them in a sense. And even if the external world, nothing has changed, the fact that they were able to change their mindset and their view of what they're looking at, everything has changed, even if nothing has changed. Does that make sense? <laughs> Completely. It really does. I remember my own personal journey and just creating that self-awareness is the first part and realizing how you react to things, how other people see the world, how the belief system you have and like breaking it down is... Um, it's so revealing and it just makes you just once you have this different view you can stop yourself start yourself (laughs) do all kinds of things you couldn't do before so yeah a hundred hundred percent and I think it's so interesting that you talked a little bit there about this view of the world and I'd like to go back to that self-mastery because as we talked about do anyone say that they've mastered themselves it's not really going to be a full answer there because they're still on the journey so how would you say that actually this is helping your clients to almost like measure their success is there a way to do that in your world I think it's about being able to create a little bit of that space between what is happening externally and how that impacts you. And I think that once you're able to do that, that to me is is a huge step towards self-mastery. It's that things can happen in the outer world and you have a bit almost of a buffer of how you want that to then impact your inner world. Oh God, you're going to have to unpack that for us. Tell us a (laughs) bit more about what that means. (laughs) So if you can understand that somebody being angry with you is a reflection of their own inner world of perhaps a way in which you've touched their ego or have questioned one of their deeper beliefs and is not necessarily something to do with you. And you're able to maybe not take those things as personally, for example, Mm -hmm. or you're able to be on a bus and your bus is late and able to understand, okay, I'm not going to let that make me an angry person today because I have that buffer between what is happening in the outside world and what is happening in the inside world. 
Okay, I love that example of getting angry. 100%, that's kind of just that awareness. I think that's the biggest thing. You start to realize what these triggers are, what's happening around you. Yeah, that's a really great example. I suppose I ask this of everyone that comes on the show. What does success mean to you? I think success to me means to have a project with an intention and for it to have the outcome of that intention. So whenever I enter any type of event, let's say, or if I'm giving a talk or if I'm starting a new program or what it is that it is, I always start at the beginning by really thinking about what do I want the outcome to be? What do I want the clients or the participants to feel and to come out of the session feeling? And I guess to me, success really means those people having that intention coming true, essentially. Oh, that's a lovely one. And and I imagine that your clients set very different intentions for themselves. Can you tell us an unbelievable story or a funny story? I don't know without obviously naming names, it's all confidential. Is there anything you can share along those intentions? Well, at some point I had three clients who all quit their job in the same week and I was starting to question if I was being what I was telling them. Um <laughs> So I think that point, and that was more at the beginning, actually, of my coaching as well. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, is this is this a good idea? What's going on here? <laughs> um, and that's again where it's that they came in there almost trying to find like someone to say they're allowed to quit. You know, all three of those clients knew that that was the right thing to do. They had that knowledge. They had that feeling in their gut. As I said before, you know, the answers were already within them. They were almost just looking for that validation. And when we were able to ask the questions, you know, okay, how do you feel currently in your position and how do you want to feel? I mean, the difference was massive and it was clear that they were incredibly unhappy. One of them even said that she felt tortured. And I was thinking, well, okay, you know, let's let's unpack this and then try figure out why you're feeling tortured and is this how you really want to feel in your workplace? And ultimately, yeah, so all three ended up quitting their quitting their job more or less within the same week, which is a little bit much on my side, I think. Yeah. But uh, ultimately it was what it was what they actually wanted to do and they just kind of needed that support through it. And you said that was right at the beginning of your journey. Now, and how many years ago was that? When did you start this journey? Um, That was only about a year ago, actually. I think it's a big decision, right? To leave a career, to leave your job. But I think it's a bigger decision to stay somewhere where you feel tortured and you feel unhappy. And I know so many people that are challenged right now because of the pandemic and the way the work schedule has become there's so many um reviews and write-ups and articles at the moment about how people you know have this feeling of flexible working which they love and then others saying no I've never worked harder because I'm just glued to my computer so this feeling of wellness and feeling of job satisfaction is really up in the air at the moment are you finding you're getting more conversations in this arena definitely I mean I think you know actually the pandemic has probably brought me more clients in a way because people were really struggling and that's it did it was kind of hard to see to see people really find themselves in such a hard place at the same time I think one thing that I really really realized is kind of the strength of the downward spiral I'll explain more and how easy it is to fall into the upward spiral so what I mean by that is that everything is incredibly related and you can have one thing that goes quote unquote wrong. Mm -hmm. So 
having a hard time at work or, you know, the weather's crap or I don't know what. And all of a sudden you start questioning everything in your life. And you're thinking, do I suck at my job? Do I actually want to stay in this relationship? Maybe I should just leave this city. You know, we start questioning everything because it affects Mm -hmm. our confidence. It affects how we view ourselves. It really affects everything. And that can pull us so easily in this downward spiral. And that's what I've really seen from my clients is that when you then fall in this downward spiral, you have lower confidence. With lower confidence, you have less energy. Since you have less energy, you do less things. So you maybe are not seeing friends. You're not doing the things that make you happy. And that pulls you further and further down into this downward spiral. But at the same time, when we can take one step in the right direction, you know, just one day wake up and do you know, three big deep breaths, like the silliest thing. And you're like, ah, I did my three deep breaths this morning. I'm feeling good. And then that increases your confidence. That increases your energy. So you take on more tasks and you take on harder tasks and then you complete them and you feel good. And that brings you in this upward spiral where all of a sudden one thing changed and you view everything in a completely different way. So I think that's what I've really noticed with the pandemic is that everything is so intense that the downward spiral is so strong, but the upward spiral can be as well. Oh, amazing. And I th- I've just been nodding all the way along. Like listeners can't see me just nodding away going, yep, this is so true. Because one of my other questions for you is about, you know, getting things done. And I think you just articulated that perfectly about that get that one step to get that upward spiral. But as you talked about there, the people that are really um, overloaded, uh, sort of so much pressure, so much activity, and kind of firefighting almost feels like, and then definitely in that downward spiral, how do you get them to take that one step? What's been sort of a really fantastic strategy that's worked with your clients? I really like all the principles in the getting things done method, which I'm not sure if you know, or if any of the listeners know, but it's, it's very interesting. And the book is also great as well. Um, And he really suggests how the best thing to do is to have everything in your to-do list based on actionable steps. And what I really suggest to my clients is setting yourself three priorities for the day, not more than three, Mm -hmm. for them to be really actionable. And by actionable, I mean, you know, you're not writing presentation on your to-do list. You're not writing taxes. You're writing something that if I were to give you a computer in 30 minutes, you could do it. Maybe it's email Sue and ask her for uh, last week's uh, meeting minutes. I don't know what it is, you know, just something extremely clear and concrete that you can really do. And when you set three of those for the day, as small as possible, and you manage to make those the first things that you do, that brings you in the upward spiral because you are able to take them off. It's something that you actually do. Then you feel good about yourself. And by reducing actually your expectations and making it extremely realistic, you're able to boost that confidence and then you're more likely to take on more throughout the day. Oh, I love that. That is a top tip. Well, you heard it here first, listeners. It's a good one. (laughs) And what's the hard lesson you've learned in your business? That the things you really don't want to do won't go away and that you're much better off doing them immediately. Oh yeah, tackle those hard things first. And what's one thing you're really excited about right now? Probably my my group coaching program. I just had my first live session of the first week of a new cohort today. And when I just get to connect with a new group of people and see their energy and excitement as they start, it just, yeah, I feel myself smiling the whole time and, and my cheeks hurt at the end. Oh. <laughs> 
That's a great one. So tell us one piece of leadership advice that you wish you'd known earlier or so awful that you need to warn us. I think one that I wish I would have probably cultivated earlier is this idea that vulnerability is not weakness, it's strength. And the more you're able to speak up and admit that you don't know everything and that you're also learning, people actually don't see that something to be wary of they see it as something to be inspired by and I've really noticed that that the more I'm able to be open and honest and admit that I'm not perfect I haven't got all the answers but I'm doing the best that I can people do really actually trust you more from that kind of narrative it's amazing advice so be the avid learner and be proud of it is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off today I think it's just telling everybody that the power and the strength you're looking for it outside, it is within you. We have so much strength within us. All the answers are within us. We just have to ask ourselves the right questions. That's it. Perfect. Great way to end the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Carolina. So fun chatting with you. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And I really hope you've not only learned something, but you're going to take it away and you're going to action it. If you're feeling like you need that permission to leave your current job, if you just need to know that actually there's a better way to handle those situations, this is all part of your personal development plan that you can work on, develop and learn from experts out there in the world. Do tune into some of the podcast recommendations she's made where you can dive deeper into the psychology behind what really makes us tick, what really makes us who we are and how we can become the best version of ourselves. As always, if you have any questions at all, jump in over to Facebook, to my Facebook group, Snippets of Genius, and you will be able to ask questions to our guest, experience trainings, and learn a hell of a lot more on the subjects that we're covering today. Until next week, thanks for listening. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.